Hello everybody, I'm Matt Mikuchi and you are listening to Jazz is Travel. O tal que eu vim dizer Não é o eterno tal O nome que se lê Não é o eterno ser Mas uma fome vem O calor me dá everybody, Jazz is online editor Matt Mikuchi here welcoming you to a brand new episode of Jazz is Travel. In case this is the first time you're tuning into the show, this is our regular podcast series where we travel across the world to better understand the significance of jazz and other creative music in different parts of the globe, touching on music traditions of various cultures and speaking with groundbreaking and innovative music artists. Our guest today is multi-instrumentalist, singer-songwriter Rodrigo Amaranch. Born in Brazil and currently based in Los Angeles, Amaranch is an all-around creative soul. There may also not be a genre of music that he has not played or been influenced by, whether as a member of Brazilian samba, big band, orquesta imperial, Rio rockers Los Hermanos, his theme tune to Netflix drama Narcos, his work with such greats as Gal Costa, Nora Jones and Gilberto Gil, and of course, his other solo projects. In fact, his solo album was released last week on July 16th. It's titled Drama and continues in that varied tradition with its fine compositions and inventive arrangements, offering a wide range of sounds and textures, and the influence of his interest in filmmaking and storytelling, which we also get into throughout this conversation. As the music from the album plays us in, fire up an audio teeny, sit back, relax, and listen to the audio waves as they fly through the air. Here is Rodrigo Amaranch. Hello, Rodrigo. Welcome to Jazz's Travel. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's a real pleasure to have you. Uh, well, first of all, this is, of course, Jazz is Travel. And uh, the obligatory question is, what part of the world are you speaking from right now? Los Angeles, California. Right, right, right. You're not originally from there. You're not a native of Los Angeles, right? No, I'm from Rio, Brazil. I've been right. here for about uh, 13 years now. And, uh, well, you know, I mean, these are crazy times that we've been living in. And another thing that I like to start off these conversations with is, what's the situation like there uh, in terms of, uh, especially with the pandemic? I mean, is life starting to look normal again or what's going on? Yeah, it's starting to to open up and people are still clumsy, naturally, but uh, things are starting to change. Not the case where I'm from, unfortunately. You mean Brazil, no, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Brazil, we have a 
unfortunately we have a very bad <clears throat> president and terrible leadership there yeah. uh, far right wing um it's just terrible so um there's a, a a big investigation happening now because um they found out that uh, there was corruption in buying the vaccines. They denied the offer that Pfizer made to the government many, many months ago. Yeah. And so anyway, it, over there is still very, very bad. Close to half a million people died there. That's terrible. So so my my heart is there. <laughs> with yeah, them, your you heart know. is there. And yeah, I mean, obviously, it's a difficult situation. Uh, all we can do is just hope for the best. But yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, Rodrigo, this is the first time we talk. So as an icebreaker, I generally like to start off my interviews uh, very simply, you know. And I mean, I'd like to just ask you about you and music and where that journey started off from. Do you remember how early it was that you kind of decided that, you know, to heed the call of music and to start maybe pursuing a career in it, started learning to play a musical instrument? Well, those things for me are separated because my family, I grew up in what we call samba school, which is, you know, we say the translation to English is school, but that is not in the sense of an educational institution. It's, it's in the sense of a school of fish because <laughs> samba schools are the, 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 the samba congregations that parade right during carnival. Right, kind of and gatherings. So, yeah, not only ga gatherings, but parades. So oh. the way it works is in a given town, each one of the congregations will have their their main house and they will parade through town to main square where there will be judges and each year, you know, a, a winner is picked. So each of these congregations um, have to pick a theme, write a song and usually many and then they pick the one that like best and then everything revolves around that you know costumes and you know the arrangement and all that so i grew up uh in that environment playing percussion since i was a kid and parading so that you know so i i grew up around you know my uncles you know writing songs for the for the the year and you know a lot of music around me so I, and you know that said none of that was professional music you know i didn't know any professional musicians at all and yeah. but my parents are music lovers both had guitars and my dad plays the piano and the guitar and so he put me in a piano school when i was a little kid and that when i lived in sao paulo for a while and that was run by a, a Brazilian um, jazz band called Zimbo Trio, hmm. a very good uh, jazz band. So that was my my be the, the beginning of like formal music training right. when I was around six or so. Yeah. And and so then later I picked up the guitar when I was maybe twelve or something. My dad wouldn't teach me the guitar, I think, because he wanted me to be his his accompanying piano. And we would rehearse together and stuff. But, you know, it, I only became a professional musician. Um, I didn't plan to do that at all. Didn't think that there was any chance of of uh, surviving doing that Did you have work. something else in mind? 
Yeah, I wanted to be a filmmaker, and oh. and but that also seemed very um, far <laughs> far <laughs> from reality. It's the stuff that you see, I don't know, in books and stuff. Uh, where I was from, I didn't know any filmmakers, but I was, you know, in love with film and wanted to study that. But it was, um, I didn't have money for that or anything. So I, I studied journalism and then veered off to, to literature and writing. But around that time, I was, I was in college and I was playing the guitar here and there. And some, I met a guy who had a band and he asked me to be in a band with him. He heard me play and sing and he's like, Oh, you want to be in my band? I was like, Yeah. So, so I started playing with them and then I thought, well, I'm in a band. I might as well try to write songs. So the truth is only, you know, maybe a couple of years after I was playing with this band that I realized, well, I guess I'm a musician now. And, you know, it, it took another 10 years for me to accept that that was, that's what I was um, going to do for the rest of my life. Not because I didn't like it. I like it very much, but... I, I was still, I guess, um, hoping there would be space for other things, you know, right. and right. I still do. <laughs> I mean, it is when you when you think about it. I mean, I always uh, often when I speak with artists, they they do refer to this decision of kind of going on to like pursue, I say, a career, but it's maybe not even the right word. It's just a life in the arts is a type of commitment, right? I mean, it's not its yeah. not the easiest uh, life to embark in, right? Yeah, I feel it has to be inevitable. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but it seems, and that's for, from your story, actually, that you just told, it sounds like even as you were thinking of maybe doing other things, it's somehow art always found a way to pull you back. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's, it's funny because um, to me, because like I said, until you know my i guess when i when i turned 30 i'm 44 now uh-huh. i i thought well this is this is seems that this is my profession and and that's all right but as i turned 40 i realized you know like you said it i i feel like um my field is is the arts you know i i direct uh-huh videos i write um poems i've published a book with artwork um it's it it, those things are connected to me you know i i happen to express myself with music more uh fluidly because of practice and commitment but uh, they're all very connected there it feels like the same the same part of the heart Mm. is is in all of it yeah, sure, absolutely. And does that have something to do with the fact that your your new album is titled Drama? Yeah, I suppose yes, but the other way around, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I think that, you know, I, writing songs has an exercise of that goes beyond just music, right? You mm-hmm. have to write words to it. And in writing words, I'm I guess tapping into something something else of course prosody is a part of what brings the words there you know the marriage between melody and words but it sends me into other fields so to speak but 
you know, I, I, I also feel like I write songs and, and arrangements still with that frustrated fum- filmmaker mind where right. I'm trying to tell, to create worlds and, and have an arc overall in an album and, and um, ask myself what the character is doing there. And sure. and I say character because you know once once my name is in a piece of paper there, it's not really me, you know. It's something I'm. It's it's um it's intention, and that that is uh, I guess a, a simple way to say why this call, this record is called drama, because I think it's much more interesting and funny to understand my voice not. Or my, the exercise of writing, not as a search for a, a pure expression of my soul, that started to sound a bit narcissistic to me. Once I I approached it in a different way, understanding my voice is is an amalgam of echoes of other voices, the voices that t- brought me here, the voices that uh, of the ones that were around me when I learned to speak. And the gestures that were around me when I learned to express myself. So in that amalgam, there is theater and the theater of a child learning how to be an adult. And so to me, there's music in that, you know, and that's so I mean, do you do you feel that uh, actually your songwriting process is partly a way for you to understand the world around you? I think it is that precisely. I believe writing has to be a, an exercise of discovery. Right. Because, you know, it, I decide whether a song is good enough or, or not if it serves me in that way, right? If it feels like a tool, if it feels like it, it, it helps, it, it, it's reflecting something new to me. And so if I feel that, I can more comfortably assume that it will do that for others in a different way in an unpredictable way but but yes if it has to be a a search um an exercise of discovery to me anyway The song you are hearing just now is a track called Tango, which may be the key to the theme of drama, Rodrigo Amaranch's new album, available now via Polyvinyl. This is a song about a relationship disguised as a partner dancing lesson, presented over a buttery melody and accommodating arrangement. In a press release, he explained, When I wrote this song, I was projecting the idea of a love that lasts, one that is mutually supportive and reliable, safe in that sense, 
and I can't imagine that being possible without a good dose of a sense of humor. We get into it more in our second part of our interview where we also discuss how playing a wide range of instruments impacts his writing and arranging processes and even get into writing lyrics in different languages, each of which of course is defined by its own character and musicality. Here is the second part of our interview with Rodrigo Amarant. interesting what you said about your background or your interest in, in filmmaking and your activity within film. I once read an autobiography by the great Canadian filmmaker David Cronenberg. He's not alone in thinking this, but something he said, a lot of things he said kind of stayed with me. But one of the things he said was that he believed that it was a director's kind of duty almost to understand how the equipment worked, like all of the lenses and all of the different cameras. When it comes to your music, you are a multi-instrumentalist. You, I think you said that you started off, uh, you learned how to play the piano and then you taught yourself to play the guitar and so on. Do you think that you also did that for similar reasons so that you could express your uh, music or whatever you want, communicate your own ideas through your music in a more personal way? I agree with uh, with with david on that and with you i i remember in the, i think in the early years of you know starting to getting paid to to play music um really trying to learn as much as i could and going after some education in music which you know sounds like i had a lot but and i've and, and i've dabbled in that before when i was a kid too i, I you know studied at a conservatory for guitar for a little while and was in that piano school when I was a kid. But <clears throat> the truth, is, I, the truth is I, I didn't have a lot of, uh, practice, uh, in, in that, in academic training in, you know, arguably <laughs> none at all. So right. only, only after I started, you know, I was really trying to catch up and study function and stuff and wanted to learn as many instruments as I could. I traded like a pair, a skateboard for a flute um, the year I joined my first band, even though it was a rock band, but I was like, oh, I bet I could get some sounds out of this thing. Uh -huh. And I agree. I think that education and, and technique um, does not, because um, th there's this, I think, fallacy that, you know, oh, don't, that that education can 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 become can hinder one's expression or can pervert uh, one's uh, true expression or something like that. I don't believe that. I think I, I feel the other way around. I have a lot of fun trying to learn um, new instruments and and the same with film. You know, learn about lenses and 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 filters and all kinds of things that because they're simply tools for expression like you said you know um i feel like every time i <clears throat> i pick up a new instrument there's some new music in it you know there's a, a relationship i can establish with that instrument and the instrument has a personality has um has something in it and it's very it's very fun and and and, and fruitful for me 
to try to play an instrument that I don't dominate. So I, I really do that a lot. Maybe as a result, I'm not, I don't master any of them, <laughs> but, right. but I, I do like, um, learning, um, a lot. I, right. I, it's, it's very fun to me. So does that in any way impact the way in which you, like your composition, uh, your compositional <clears throat> process? Do you, for example, look at an instrument and, uh, kind of, I don't know, test it out and see and play around with it and then come up with a with a line or something that is then kind of kicks you off into high gear and gets you to start thinking about a possible new piece that you're writing about. Is that a starting point or do you simply yeah. not have a set starting point? No, um, it, it varies a lot. But but yes, you're right. It, it does do that, you know. Um, picking up an instrument is already um, a magical thing, even if it's the one you, you play every day, but especially different things, you know, it could be a little drum. Um, like uh, I have this little Chinese drum here I picked up the other day. I was wondering if, because it's very hot now and dry over here. So I was wondering, oh, I wonder what this did to the tuning of that drum because it's a, it's a set, um, you can't tune it, you know? And, it was it was interesting because I guess it stayed in one, on one side for a while, and so the top drum was very tight, but the bottom one wasn't. And they used to be tuned; they, they used to have the same note. Hmm. But because of that, they created this interval, this kind of strange interval, this like between a minor and a third. And it made me think of like, oh, well, it's very hard to imagine music before majors and, min and minors, you know. And and I remembered, I thought of, I think, Herbie Hancock playing a melody that he wanted to, to bring back that note that's between the, the minor and the major. And so he would play both at the same time in a melody. Yeah. And, and anyway, this is just an example. And then I started playing with it and something came out of it you know some music came out of it because of what was happening with it and right. just something so simple as a little drum and that's i think that's an example of of <clears throat> a more spontaneous um, relationship with an instrument that brings out an idea but if i'm arranging um it's very fun to to think of the possibilities, the textural uh, possibilities and combinations of sounds, mm. because I am surrounded by a bunch of strange little instruments. Yeah. So, you know, oh, what could be, you know, if a harpsichord is saying something, um, what's the character that will disagree with that, you know, if the, the space is a space for a disagreement or for a discussion between these two voices. The harpsichord is saying something. It's uptight and it's it's got its nose up and, you know, so, oh, it should be something soft and lazy, you know. The, what's the, the, what's the word in English? The, 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 the opposing part in, in the play, right? The antagonist. Um, the antagonist, yes. Mm -hmm. Who's the antagonist? And, and, I guess I'm here thinking in terms of uh, theater again. But. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but it's cool because I'm also, I mean, having listened to the album, I can see that you also kind of like to do that with different styles and genres because uh, there's a wide variety of genres and influences in there too, right? Yeah, I, I 
because I write in different languages, uh, I find myself sometimes trying to tell a, a story with the music itself, despite or in spite of the, the words there. Um, one example would be the, there's a song called Tara in the record and it's, it's perhaps the most, uh, the one that sounds m more Brazilian, more traditional <clears throat> in, 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 in that record. And it's a song about deception in, in, in a love, um, relationship, you know, it's, it's, the words are a bit bitter, um, but playful, but the music I think I, 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 I told the story better with the music than with the words because I created this kind of like whole arc of, 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 of um, a clash between different eras of Brazilian music. So right. um, I start with a, a string arrangement, like an overture, instrumental overture with this like lush um, string arrangement. And that conveys, you know, falling in love, just really feeling like oh my god this is it i really can't live without this other person and this discovery which feels like an end and so the arrangement kind of sounds like it could be an, an arrival then after that becomes the part of trying to be cool <laughs> trying to maintain and and and, and 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 go with that so it sounds very much like the bossa nova era um arrangements and i have a saxophone there that's you know, very much um, trying to to evoke Stan Getz. But when it comes to the chorus, I go back to the to something that you would hear in the 1940s before Bossa Nova. So all muted horns, and they're almost and they're almost funny sounding because of the it, they're very staccato and and so in a way they're mocking that first feeling. You know, they're making a comment about that whole projection and, and ultra um, dramatic feeling from the beginning of of, of the relationship. So it, it's a fun it's a fun way for me to think of of arrangements like that it's yeah. as if they're voices, you know. Another song that I was thinking about from uh, from this album is the one called Tango, where in fact, in the words you you seem to evoke also the act of tango and it picks up a metaphorical meaning i think right yes um the words the words sound like um dance instructions as if you right. know there's two people dancing and one is telling the other do this don't do that and and so forth but under the surface you you might be led to see that as a metaphor for how a relationship uh works or is supposed to work. And throughout the song, you understand that these are pleads, you know? And the second verse, it's a, a bit more dark, where dark, I mean, in, in the sense of intensity, but it's, it's about a relationship that allows, that is reliable in the sense that allows for you to ask for help or support, you know? Mm -hmm. and, and that's very important. And so the song is not a tango at all, but right. but tango is used as a metaphor for relationship. Uh, you're always kind of playing also with expectations. Yes, I I, I don't like to, I, I prefer to, to overestimate the audience than to underestimate. Uh -huh. So I, 
I like to leave space, right? You know, for them to to complete. Of course, there's the language thing, so inevitably there'll be some space for the ones who don't speak the given language I'm singing. But but even then, I like to not be redundant or I don't know to 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 leave space. You know, to leave which space. brings a good point actually, because in this record you sing in two languages: you sing in Portuguese and you sing in in English. I've written song on previous record is French, and I've written a, a song that became quite famous in Spanish. So I, I like that. Um, it's kind of inevitable because I do speak those languages, but but um, I think I like it because for the same reason, you know, sometimes. Um, when you don't understand the words and music lovers are very used to that, you have a space to project and to feel something that is, that is um, more free, more your own. And you can uh, let the music reflect uh, whatever feeling you is useful for you to reflect, you know, where your heart wants to go. But is it also like the musicality of the languages? Because, uh, you know, maybe some languages yeah. put a greater emphasis on certain consonants. Like, for example, they roll their R's. Or uh, in, other, in other languages, there's another sound to certain vowels. Does that also come into play? Yeah, yeah, you're right. Each language has a, a different melody. Hmm. And even different regions, you know, have the different accents have different... M melodies in them and yes sometimes a melody um asks or seems more fit for one language rather than another because of the prosody the way these things fall i i'm i've i, I like to respect the tonic syllables of of words when putting them in music you know I it's a pet peeve of mine when yeah. people when people invert the tonic syllables and you know to serve the melody. I mean, there's something to be said about you know really having the need to say a particular thing and forcing it into the melody. That could be cool too, you know, sure. um, because it conveys you know the, the the intention of saying a particular thing. But I myself don't do that. Um, I like to really. Um, try to find the words that fall into the melody and preserve their their cadency in the given language but you're right yes melodies seem to suggest languages sometimes sure and i mean i find the portuguese language particularly melodic actually i don't know whether it's just from the perspective of someone who unfortunately uh doesn't speak it but it is melodic compared to even english i find which maybe has a has a more decided kind of written rhythm pattern to it yeah and in, in the speaking uh, in the in the brazilian portuguese it's very open there are vowels yeah. um we open them up and much more than the portuguese um who who kind of swallow their vowels but but english is a very musical language too you know and there are many short words which makes it easier um to to swap things around to to make yeah. them fit it's also a very onomatopoeic language you know a lot of words sound what they mean um yeah. a lot a lot I, I don't know of any other language that is as much um, like that as English. And so that that's very musical too and very effective 
um, in, in putting into music, I believe. One thing that I wanted to end it with was something that kind of goes back to your creativity in the sense that we talked about your your uh, filmmaking uh, artistic dimension. And of course, there's the musical one. We talked about theater. This is something that maybe the listeners don't know, but the bio that was sent to me uh, was unlike anything I've ever read before. And you wrote it. <laughs> it's basically, I, I don't know, it's almost like a, a theatrical script or uh, a hybrid <laughs> between a theatrical script and a short story or a novel where you, instead of just simply kind of, uh, you know, going over everything that you've done and everything that makes you you, it, you actually kind of uh, imagine this dialogue with an officer, at least in the first part that I'm referring to here, where interestingly, you try to kind of uh, explain what it is that you do and the type of music that you play. And then you finally almost give up and just say, in reality, your answer would be jazz. So appropriately, We Are Jazz is magazine. So I was wondering, why would you, why, why is that your, your final answer to the officer? <laughs> well... You know, it speaks to the to I guess a uh, 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 you know, complex of inferiority or or something when you know in the fir- in the early years of crossing the border for work from South America to the states. You know, mm-hmm. um, it, it it's kind of a comical <clears throat> thing that you see in the in the line to 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 talk to the border patrol. You know, I would come and I would you know, naively think that if I'm nice, he would be nice too. If he asks me something, I will genuinely answer. And that never worked well, you know. It's just protocol. He would ask, what kind of music do you do? And, you know, it's a cliche to not really be able to answer that clearly um, if you're not really doing something that's um, very narrow, which is not my case. You know, my music ranges, it goes kind of all over the place. So I would genuinely answer the question well i'm from brazil and blah 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 and i would you know and i grew up this way but i like this music and that music and so blah 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 and slowly i realized that there was no point in me answering that (laughs) in that context (laughs) and that the cooler i was the quicker i would go through that border so eventually um i would answer jazz because that would be the end of that conversation you know and it also accepts jazz as a a legitimate um, genre of music (laughs) and i guess as genres of music go when you when you say jazz it's just it encapsulates such a wide range of like we said styles and influences that it wouldn't be a wrong answer at all (laughs) exactly and i think that it relates to to drama in that sense where you know in 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 film for example you have different genres you have comedy you have horror thriller and then you have drama you know what you want to get if you go to comedy you're gonna laugh you go to horror you're gonna be terrified but drama is a genre where you go to meet an unpredictable feeling you you go into drama um to see reflected something from you that you're not aware of yet you go for a feeling and that feeling is um unpredictable and you go with that attempt and i love that and i feel jazz is that way too where jazz is not you don't know what you're gonna get when you choose jazz you know jazz is just as much as drama an unpredictable mirror it could lead you to all kinds of emotions um, uh, imaginable and and many more. So, mm-hmm. yes, jazz is 
a very fair answer. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Well, Rodrigo, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you. Thanks very much for joining us. Thank you very much. I'm very flattered to be here with you. Thank you. Não havia outro plano Nosso amor que era novo Não chegou a ver tanto Mal sabia Hum, Teu apelo, o meu abalo Eu morro e não me calo Nosso amor que era carne Cresceu fraco do osso Quem diria Morre moço Um amor Well folks, I hope you enjoyed our conversation with Rodrigo Amaranche. I certainly did. I take this opportunity to remind you that his new album, Drama, is available now via Polyvinyl, and I suggest you get your hands on a copy. It's a stunning record. I hope you'll join us again on a future episode of Jazz Is Travel for more conversations with groundbreaking and innovative music artists, but I also urge you to check out more jazz-related content on jazzis.com, where you will find more news, music roundups, playlists, reviews, features, and much more. If you like what you see, you can always subscribe. Till the next time, stay healthy, stay safe, stay strong. Nosso amor que era ferro Não chegou a ver fogo E bastaria